0: This episode is sponsored by Bombas, the sock company with the mission to be better. Because when you buy a pair, they give a pair to someone in need. Listen later for a code that will get you 20% off your first purchase.
1: A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor. Taylor,
0: Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift.
1: Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 <laughs> Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. This is Shelby. And this is Ashley.
0: And we have got Miss Americana to talk about.
1: No heartbreaks at all. Just yeah. love for her. <laughs> oh, I love exactly. it. Exactly.
0: Yes. I mean, it's a big moment for us. It's been a long time coming, but um, <laughs> I know you've been faithfully avoiding spoilers. We finally got to see it last night. We mm-hmm. went to theaters because we're hardcore yes. like that.
1: <laughs> I know. It was a fancy theater, too. Alamo Draft House. They came. Got our order, gave us it drinks, got a waiter coming on us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, I was homesick all day Friday. So it was a lot for me to not just watch the documentary on Netflix. But
1: I, I, I couldn't do it. If I was at home, <laughs> not working, I oh, I would have. No. And I would have lied about it and just pretend like, I know. oh, yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. But you didn't listen to the song, right? You didn't listen to the song. I gave
0: myself that, so I listened to Only the Young. But I avoided, I, like, muted Miss Americana on my Twitter so I wouldn't get too many spoilers. Um, I was trying to go in with as much, uh, with as little a bias as possible because, obviously, I had read, like, the Variety article and some of Taylor's Sundance promotion stuff, but you
1: had faithfully avoided all of it, correct? I had, and thanks to you, though. One of yeah. the, the things that Shelby did you guys, which was amazing, was the day that the Sundance article was released. The morning of, I think it was like around 7 or 8, you texted me not to read it. Yeah. You were like, do not read this because it has spoilers. And I know you're trying to avoid everything. So bless you. Bless, <laughs> bless, bless, bless you. Because it was I tempting. know. It was, yeah,
0: it was a pretty spoiler-heavy um, yeah. article. I mean, obviously, it was all about the documentary and the premiere at Sundance so it was mm-hmm. to be expected but i was still a little surprised by how explicit it was like in this scene that i'm going to now describe in full wow <laughs> but, yeah. did it ruin
1: it did it ruin for you did it
0: no i mean first it's a documentary so it's like hard yeah. to ruin like spoils you know
1: i i know the it's ending it's like a real
0: life yeah exactly yeah. but um <laughs> But it was, like, interesting to go in and watch the documentary knowing what to expect because it was sort of, like, I wonder if this would have hit a little different if I hadn't known, like, XYZ. Mm. Um, But altogether, it was still, like, a really fun experience, obviously. And, like, doing the movie theater thing um, was fun. I don't think either of our husbands really knew what we were doing there because it's on netflix but
1: <laughs> yeah it's on netflix and lance was like we could watch it at home i just put the projector yeah. up have them drive 20 minutes to our house instead of an hour and a half in traffic <laughs> to Katy, texas yeah but swifties do what swifties the do. we do for taylor i know yeah. i know and i really enjoyed the experience we had um two other friends who came with us who they're big movie goers she she's met taylor back in like you know, the mine days when she was sh- shooting that music video. So she yeah. likes Taylor. She knows all of her songs, but she's not a huge Swifty. Yeah. But her and her husband came. Our husbands were there and they left loving it. Yeah. Liking it, not hating it. What more can you ask for? Yeah. And <laughs> the theater was packed, you guys. Even know. the front row, nose, <laughs> like not nosebleeds, the like the, you're going to get like the yeah. <laughs> was full. It was, I mean- Surprisingly, you even took someone's seat on accident. I know. It was
0: a, <laughs> a mistake of misplaced tickets. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a full house. It was fun to watch it with people who were clearly like invested in the story. Like all of us were Swifties. All of us were happy to be there. There
1: were some cheers. There was some applause, some, some sniffles. Yeah. 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 And some merch. I saw you guys with your merch oh, on. Yes. Lover, reputation. It was. You know, like oh, those, yeah. those are my people. If I didn't already know that they're in this theater with yeah. seeing Taylor Swift.
0: I know. Our one mistake was not um, organizing a live uh, Swiftish podcast after the. I premiere.
1: know. A and a right? Like, yeah. hey, stay here. We're kind <laughs> of a big deal. It. Yeah. <laughs> my question is, and this is a little bit off topic. Where were they during the Cats uh, movie? Because <laughs> Taylor could have used yeah. you. But, okay, yeah. random, 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 I think Cats, and I read an article that Cats is going to be the next Rocky Horror Show. It's at yeah. the draft house, in in LA, you know, same theater held a viewing of this show, and tons of people showed up. They had, like, cat-like um, <laughs> mocktails. They were dressed up as cats. And was, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe Taylor Swift was disguised in there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift,
0: funnily enough, in her Variety article, it started out by her highlighting, like, the cat's drama and just being like, you know, she was like, yeah, I'm not going to complain about this crazy experience I got to have working with these actors, getting to pretend to be a cat, singing songs, Mm -hmm. working with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, it would be so inauthentic of me to turn around and be like, oh, this totally nutty movie was a mistake because I absolutely adored, like, making it, no matter how, like, wild it turned out to be. (laughs) Look at you, Shelby, yeah.
1: taking my <laughs> weird, random thoughts and tunneling them back into Taylor Swift it all and Miss America. Miss yeah. yeah.
0: Um, no, I mean it's been fun to sort of read a bit about the behind the scenes because um, I obviously got a little more insight into not only the making of, but um, Lana Wilson, mm-hmm. the director. Tell me more. Yeah, I mean it was sort of interesting because um, we all found out about this sort of accidentally i guess when taylor had to make that plea for scooter and scott to allow her to use her music in this um documentary and so we had sort of found out about it very randomly but um lana had been brought on basically at the end of reputation when netflix had partnered with taylor to do the reputation tour video they also Mm -hmm. offered to do a documentary like they presented that idea to taylor and Taylor met with a couple different documentarians to try and figure out what would be the right fit. And what was interesting is even at the beginning Taylor said, when I began thinking about maybe possibly having a documentary thing, it really was just because I felt like I wanted to have footage of what was happening in my life just to have later on even if we never put it out. And so when she first met with Lena, she talked about this and was like you have to understand like I might not ever want to put this out. I might not want to put it out for years to come like you have to understand, like, that is my control over this is that I don't know where this will end up and how I'll feel about it when we're done. And so, Lena luckily was like, Yeah, let's just go along with this ride, like, we'll see what we end up with. And her style, as sort of a political feminist um, documentarian, um, she is very offhand. Like, she's when you watch the documentary, you can see this, but she tries to be as invisible as possible it's not a very invasive process for her so there's not a lot of like you know asides and interviews and sidebars it's a lot of just quiet camera work capturing these small moments so Mm -hmm. she was there from the reputation Mm -hmm. end through the making of lover and then happened to see this evolution of taylor finding her political
1: voice and so yeah I liked how um, Lana <laughs> Lena Lana. I liked how she kind of because we're so used to as Swifties having Taylor yeah. tell the story, and that's what we had was in Taylor's uh, like a, a day in a life of Taylor or like a couple years in life of Taylor, basically like going through everything. Um, and of course, she was there. She pro- she probably did prompt some conversation, like you know the beginning conversation when right. she's sitting down talking to her about like the journals. But she just, that fly on the wall, just really giving us an insight look and patching them together. She just, I think she did an amazing job with this documentary.
0: She One thing that I loved that she said is um, one of the ways she makes sure her um, subjects are comfortable is that she keeps it a very small, like, crew. Mm -hmm. So it was just her and one to two other people in the room at a time. They were trying to keep the footprint as small as possible. And it was an all-female crew. And so... um, it wow. made taylor more comfortable Who and knows? then but my that's favorite awesome. was well actually we did have one guy but he was the assistant because i feel like it's important to realize that men can get coffee for women too <laughs> <laughs> so props to her Yes, that. that's awesome
1: <laughs> yeah and like really props to like really to, to her to making yeah. taylor feel comfortable in front of the camera because with me a camera in my face and like two or three other people even though that's a quote unquote small crew i would be very rigid I and i would be very like <laughs> I, uh, either like monotonic or just l- it sound like i'm reading something off of like a, a like a, a right. flash card behind the director so it just she really got taylor in that vulnerable moments like we had those emotional heartfelt personal conversations she was having with people and she just she was there yeah it was like she was she
0: says like as a filmmaker she wants to reveal the humanity and complexity and depth behind the headlines and the sound bites and i think that's exactly what drew taylor to her is just that idea of you know giving the insider Mm -hmm. perspective without it feeling like propaganda
1: Mm -hmm. and i don't don't feel like i was being i don't know i don't feel like it was propaganda i don't think like taylor was Mm -hmm. splashing her views all over and like forcing him on me it was definitely. Uh, I know that I think you had mentioned to me before that a lot of Swifties were afraid yeah. that it was going to be like political propaganda. Like the whole thing was just going to be yeah. her just talking politics. But it was more her finding her voice yeah, and, you know, just growing about up. Her life. And yeah. Because who she is today. Like very personal
0: and not in a like, what was me? Like, look at me. Like, why were you guys so mean yeah. to me? But yeah. more like I have all this outside stuff happening to me yeah. and I, need to pro- I needed to process how. I was handling that and like having her talk about her growth, not Mm -hmm. in spite of, not because of, but just Mm -hmm. in the circumstances she has in her life. So we loved it. Obviously the reviews were, I mean, good. Basically it came out of the um, Sundance Festival with like an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now that it's been a wide release, it's gone up to 90% and has been certified fresh, which means almost everyone has given it good reviews and there's a positive level to it. That means it's fresh as can be. Um and Miss Americano was trending worldwide. So
1: wow. Wow. That's just (laughs) do you know how many people need to have something trending for (laughs) it to happen? Yeah. Kind of a big deal. It's just amazing. I'm and I you know the like you said, the reviews were were like some people hated it, some people Mm -hmm. well not a lot of people hated it. A lot of people loved it and a lot of people were like, yeah, this this is good. Um, New York Times said that um, Miss Americana is, you know, there's more to it. There's more in this 85-minute translucence of Taylor Swift and more than you usually get with these pop star portraits. Um, they just had said that, you know, Taylor is evolving and with that evolution comes a cost and yeah. she's, she's willing to pay it. Um, you see a woman who, despite having once recorded an album called Speak Now, never felt it was her place to say anything. Wilson captured Swift's turning point, ready perhaps to say a lot more. Yes. But of course, there's some negative press as
0: is to be expected. Pitchfork, mm. our absolute favorite, yeah. um, came out with a headline, Taylor Swift can't escape the pop star bubble in her Netflix documentary. And they said, this is a film about oh, someone gosh. who will never have to work a traditional job and who paid for that privilege by skipping over some of the life lessons most of us learned in our teens and 20s, which is just so smug and just like totally misses the point.
1: Well, exactly. I The first thing I thought when I read this was, (laughs) did you watch the documentary? Did you watch the end of the documentary when she talks about how celebrities are kind of frozen at the age that they become famous? And she talks about having to grow up like You know, this whole documentary is her realizing she needs to grow up. She's just she's not that seventeen year old girl who you know just wants to be a good girl and please everybody. She's had these life experiences that you know we can't even like she she has such a hard time even. Oh, I can't even talk about this without getting upset.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of feelings. I I know that is literally in the documentary. I had a lot of growing up to do just to try and catch up to 29. So it's weird that Pitchfork would be like, see this thing yes. she admits? Like, I'm annoyed by it. It's like, well, we have to allow people, especially mm-hmm. women, to find their voices whenever they find their voices. Like, you can't have this too little, too late mentality when it comes to growth because otherwise that just no. robs people of the continual opportunity to grow as we should all be doing, you know? So it's like, exactly. It's like, why are we trying to decide that, like, no? this doesn't count because you should have learned it at 20 and I'm mad you didn't. So I hate you. You know, it's just like childish.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm still learning lessons at 33 that someone probably yeah. learned at 24. You can't tell someone when yeah, they're going to exactly. learn a lesson. And it, I mean, that's it's, ridiculous. It's, that's ridiculous. It's <sighs>
0: definitely like telling that, you know, looking back at her song, the Archer, like all about her internalized anxiety. She has the line, I never grew up. It's getting mm-hmm. so old. So it's like, Congrats, Pitchfork. You, you yep. pulled out the message of the documentary, but you just kind of missed the point.
1: <laughs> it's because they, they like they like to be controversial. They like to have that clickbait. So, of course, they're going to yeah. write a bad review. <laughs> That's just their thing. You know, they're sitting there trying to, like, poke a fork at you <laughs> yes, and like exactly. get a rise out of you. Whatever. So, we did get some people who were saying that, like, yes, Taylor was being, quote, unquote, vulnerable. But she kind of kept us at a hand like mm-hmm. at an arm's distance. I um, variety had said watching the movie, you know you're getting a controlled and standoff confection of pop diva image management, one that's gonna leave that's gonna leave anything too dark or too messy or random. Um they're just gonna take that off yet what matters is the things that we do see ring true and Miss Americana, the vision Taylor Swift presents of herself is just chancy and sincere enough to draw us in. Um, and then AV clubs, they had said Taylor Swift tiptoes around something real in the Netflix documentary, Miss Americana. But they said whether this is really, whether this book is really open and whether it reveals the real Taylor Swift or not, Miss Americana is convincing, positive and enhancing nonetheless. And then Yahoo Music, which completely agree with them, says Miss Americana is an insightful, uh, is an as insightful a pop artist documentary as you could hope for. But by keeping some points private, Swift reminds us that we'll never really know the whole story and really what gives us the right to. Yeah. Amen.
0: It was interesting like watching the documentary and kind of feeling that. But then Cosmopolitan said something similar where they're like, the public has felt entitled to Taylor Swift's life since she was 17, but she doesn't owe us anything. It seems like she's figured that out and that the key to her happiness is keeping stuff to herself. This documentary made me respect that decision. Which I think is exactly what she wanted, yes. and so it
1: worked, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely did work. And I, th- I think like she's talking about, like I said before, things that are, are headliners that everyone has really talked about. Clickbait, people have trended. Like she talked about all these mm-hmm. big moments in her life that everybody knows about.
0: Yeah, she gives us the insight she wants to. She allows, yeah, some of the private moments, but it's like I. Rob and I were talking about this on the way home it's like yeah she like made a documentary about how she can do and say and share what she wants without caring what people think Mm -hmm. and she proved that by making a documentary that showed exactly what she wanted and left out exactly what she felt like so it's like she's she's saying what she wants and she's showing how that looks and I think it's good that she did that and it's powerful that people still responded to it because like you know it's a well-reviewed film yeah. and i think it'll continue to be a
1: well-regarded and important part of taylor's career definitely i've already watched it twice in the past 12 <laughs> hours yeah. um and y- one thing that you know she's learning like we said she's learning all these life lessons things that she she had to go through through her, like, her early 20s and right now she's decided that she wants to keep things private because that that's the best right. thing for her um she's grown up she's keeping her relationships more private she keeps she's keeping more of her um, family life more private which I think is the best decision for her um yeah no I mean it's a definitely an interesting documentary with a lot to
0: cover um, but before we get into that I think um, mm-hmm. we have a word from our sponsor bombus socks
1: we do um so we were talking about New year's resolutions last week last week and one of my new year's resolutions is to love my body more and to treat it better and one way is that i am starting to have more healthier vision of my body and that also includes eating right and working out um you know it's always hard to do and you know i work so much you work so much it's never easy but bomba socks can't change that but they can make it more comfortable so if your new year's resolution is anything like mine you want to get active you have to start by getting these socks they can keep up in every step of the way. Yes,
0: I love that whatever you're planning, whatever activity you have, whether it's running, mm-hmm. hiking, cycling, they have a pair of socks for you. So all these performance socks are made in different styles from basketball, tennis, golf, or just sitting around at home. They're made with a lightweight poly blend, which means no matter how hard you're working, your feet will stay cool,
1: dry, and comfortable, never sweaty. You do not want the those wet <laughs> socks coming out of your shoes because yeah. that is gross. <laughs> you know, so one thing that I have a problem with is my arches and Bombas socks provide support in places where you didn't even know you needed them. Um, each sock is built with that special arch support that's supportive, but not too tight. It's like a nice, nice little hug, but you know, on your foot, a foot hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for every sock that's purchased, Bombas actually donates a pair to someone in need. I mean, What more can you ask for? You guys want to, you know, get a pair of socks. Go to Bombas.com slash Swiftish today and get 20% off your first purchase.
0: That is B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Swiftish for 20% off. Bombas.com slash Swiftish. Go now. I mean, honestly, I'm wearing them right now. So if I was being filmed for a documentary, like this would be real life. Like (laughs) Bombas product placement. Mm, Love them. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But getting back to the documentary at hand, um, we're so excited to talk mm-hmm. about this. I feel like it's a, it's tough to talk about because we just loved so many parts of it.
1: But oh, We just saw it last night. Everyone just saw it yesterday. So trying to get our words straight and to make sense, especially for me, you guys, because I ramble a lot. <laughs> Bear with us. Hold my hand. Don't press pause. <laughs> Keep on playing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's clear. Um, Lana, she came in with sort of... She... Didn't know what she was going to get, but she wound up with sort of these three highlights in Taylor Swift's career that have sort of been turning Mm -hmm. points. And those are sort of positioned in the documentary. So you have the moment at the 2009 VMAs with the Kanye interrupting her and just how that affected her psyche and what that motivated her to do going forward. And then there was this moment where she wins the 1989 Grammy of the Year, album of the year. But she ends up feeling super alone, has the Taylor Swift is over party and just what that did for her mentally, where she went. And then again, the sexual assault trial and how that motivated her to find her political voice. And so I think looking at the documentary with those three sort of chapters really shows her growth as an artist and as a human Mm -hmm. who's just, you know, like we said, trying to grow up.
1: Definitely. And I just saw, I just read something somewhere that um, like the adolescence age used to be 10 to 19 and they just raised it from like 10 to 24. And it's just really interesting because your mind is still developing and growing and you're learning lessons based off of experiences that you're having. And then you have Taylor Swift, at 19, at the VMAs with Kanye West, you know, just kind of slamming her music video and saying Beyonce won. And then you have what you perceive in your mind, tons of people booing you. It's just, yeah. For such a formidable experience and moment in her life at the beginning of her career with someone who just derives so much validation off of people's, uh, you know, their you know their acceptance and their praise their
0: praise yeah it
1: just shapes your career i think that's what was
0: interesting is the first part of the documentary really does focus on her admitting this mentality where she craved validation mm-hmm. she loved the applause that's what fueled her is like being approved of and so she did have that good girl image that she wanted that she projected that she needed to feel accepted and so I mean, that's something that I can relate to, obviously, in a very different way, but I think women, in a lot of ways, are trained to be the good girl, mm-hmm. to not make a fuss, to to enjoy those pats on the back, those pats mm-hmm. on the head for doing a good job, for being the quiet, polite, always looking, like, proper and whatever, and to hear Taylor kind of talk about her career as we're watching these clips of her as a 12-year-old, as a 13-year-old, as a 15-year-old, and just seeing her grow up with this perspective was such a powerful um, move by Lena to, like, highlight those big moments where she still was dealing with this, like, pressure cooker of mentality where, oh, I have to be good, or I'll lose all this, like, I have to be good, or... I won't get
1: the claps and the cheers. Like yeah. what do I need to get more of this? And so Yeah, and like one thing she said is when you're living for the approval of strangers and that is where you derive all your fulfill- fulfillment from, one bad thing can just cause everything to crumble. It's like you're just like living on this high yeah. and your self esteem can't be built up and you can't really be secure in yourself if it's based off of what people think of you. Because like we know, they can they can turn, you know, turn their face and the cheek and wow. just slap you without like without giving any like real reason to you can just make a mistake that people make or someone could jump up on the stage and you know (laughs) you just like embarrass the heck out of you Yeah. yeah and one thing that like when that they showed in the movie was her responses people kind of like you know right after like hey how was that you know um how did you feel with kanye and she was just like you know she probably was just pissed off and hurt and just like really mad about it and had words to say but she was like I don't really know him, you know, like yeah. I was a fan of him, but I, I really don't know him. I can't judge him. And yeah. it's just, you know, she's 19 years old. I know. It's just, it's unfair.
0: Yeah. It was interesting too. Cause like, obviously we've seen that story played in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Taylor herself was like, I wasn't sure why Lana wanted that at, at first. Like I really didn't want to feature that mm-hmm. again, but mm-hmm. it made sense as she highlighted it because Just that idea of her sitting up there, like, obviously we think of the moment as sort of this laughable, like, OMG, Kanye, you're such a monster. Like, you're a jackass. Like, everyone was Team Taylor. But for her on that stage, somewhere she'd never been before, this was like her first major awards, she'd never been to the VMAs, she wasn't really in the pop circle. And to hear boos from her place on a stage, like, of course that would psychologically mess with her because she had no context for what was happening. She was like, oh, they're booing. They must agree with this man they all love and have accepted and don't want me here as an outsider. So I think that was a really interesting um, insight into that moment for from her
1: perspective yeah. that we haven't seen before. And looking back at it, it's it's we see Taylor today, not as like a 19-year-old. And it's hard to be like, oh, Taylor, come on. You know, a lot of people who aren't Swifties or who really don't aren't invested are like, oh, yeah, like poor Taylor, you know. They, yeah. And then they just kind of like rumble off of it. But then like after this, she says that this moment was a catalyst for a lot of psychological past that she went down and that none of them were beneficial. And it kind of pans right after that to her sitting at the Grammys in 2000, or I I don't 2012, I think singing all too well. And it just kind of like yeah. everything just fueled her to get there. And you just think about, you know, the guy she was dating, you know, um, the decisions she was making—it was all in order to get that validation from people. It wasn't to really yeah. fulfill herself. And it just—you just kind of think of it and just clicking to all too well. And just, you know, thinking about the that moment at the two thousand, and you know, at the at the Grammys and the VMAs. It's just like, oh, you know, I don't know. Like, what if that didn't happen? The two thousand nine. Like, where would she be at? Just. It's hard to think about that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what's interesting is
1: um, Taylor
0: admitting, like, every loss has driven her to be more, to do more, to try harder. Mm -hmm. Like, the documentary opens with her finding out Reputation wasn't nominated for Grammys. She's very emotional about it. And she's like, well, I just have to make a better record. And Tree Pain is like, Reputation was a great record. But Taylor, in those moments, can't process that because she's, like, so fueled by that validation and we all know how she felt when red lost the grammy she revealed it in her diary that she was just like so sure about it she was so confident and then she knew that she had to do something bigger better sonically cohesive whatever it is and so she's constantly trying to upstage herself which is which is obviously like a great thing because she's a great artist she has a great work ethic but it's also like this documentary Mm -hmm. highlights but at what cost emotionally and psychologically
1: is she like running for this like yeah she's just this so, dopamine hit of approval she's so sick of running as fast as she can you know like yeah. she would, she would get that grammy if she was a guy like, if the guy if a guy was making all these these moments and these hard punches she would get that and what's so pivotal is that the grammys the uh, nominations to released like november 27th and then it goes to her being in theaters the next month you, because she has the green and red um nail polish on her hands writing me. And then she's in like, because you see all these different things that we saw during Christmas time that year when she was performing, she was in like that plaid sweatshirt when she's meeting with her team being like, this is how many songs we are doing. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. She's already thinking and like planning, how is she going to, how's she going to do better next time?
0: Yeah. Which is something I wish um, they'd focused more on because That was like the beginning thought, right? But by the end of the documentary, we know that one, she's not doing like the tour stuff as intensely anymore, she doesn't want to want the validation as much anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, she just sat out of the Grammys this time because of whatever reason. So like clearly something shifted, but I feel like the documentary didn't highlight exactly what that turning point looked like in her day to day life. Like I would have loved more footage of her, you know, realizing like, oh, like, I do want to continue to work hard, but you know what? I'm not going to do the big tour for Lover. Like I, I do want to make this big album, but you know what? I'm not that thirsty for awards,
1: but. Which like surprisingly we had talked about the Grammys last year and we were like, we don't even know if Taylor submitted anything for the Grammys. You know, Taylor kind of during reputation kind of had that persona that like, she doesn't really care. She's not doing an interview. She's not talking to anybody. So I had just thought she kind of, that that's when it started when she kind of detached herself from needing people's validation but then in this documentary you see that it's not during reputation it's actually the fallout of reputation that she kind of starts being like i don't need that validation yeah and it was also
0: interesting because uh the documentary then goes into her you know she's talking about loving the validation always needing that being driven by that and then she has her winning album of the year for Mm -hmm. 1989 her second time and she says she's on this high and yet she looks around and realizes she has no one to call no one to like share this with she doesn't know like where to go from there Mm -hmm. and that was like first of all like major calvin shade
1: like i know that's the first thing i thought too i was like uh she was dating calvin around that time yeah
0: I mean, I'd like to thank Adam for that. Like, you know, that came after the album of the year Grammy moment. But clearly that relationship was a lot more toxic than she had us believing with her social media and her lovey-dovey award show appearances, because she did feel so alone at that. And she had no one she really wanted to share that with. But then, of course, as we know, that 2016 win was almost immediately shadowed by the Taylor Swift is over party, which mm-hmm. is sort of the middle of the documentary, this big moment sharing the tweets, the headlines, the um, turning point with all these newscasters talking about how much they hate Taylor Swift and her having this like moment of like disappearing, which we all thought she wanted to disappear. Mm-hmm. But she says in this documentary, like I disappeared because I thought that's what they wanted.
1: Yeah. And which is sort of sad. I think something too that, we need to discuss too, is right before she talks about this, um, she's she's leaving her apartment and she gets into the car mm-hmm. and she she pulls up a photo and she starts of like herself and she starts talking about her relationship with her body and her relationship with eating. Mm-hmm. And she was saying I, she, she can't look at photos anymore because she gets triggered and she wants to be healthy. And she used to like do all these shows like, pre-rep era where she was she's like, Oh, you're supposed to be exhausted after these shows. You're supposed to be not not like hardly being able to move. And she was like, that, that that's she was way too skinny back then. And she to the point where if anyone said, Are you eating enough? She got defensive and she was like, Of course I'm eating enough. I'm just working out a lot. And she said she, you know, she did exercise a lot, but she just wasn't eating. And she goes on to talk about like the double standards that like you know, if she's super skinny, she doesn't have an ass and that's not good. But if she has an ass, she can't have that, flat, that, um, that flat stomach. And she's saying it's yeah. effing impossible with all of these double standards. And one thing that I really, really liked, and I need to incorporate this in my life is that, you know, like she says, no, we don't need to do that anymore. She tells herself, we're changing the channel on our brain. You see a photo and she doesn't like herself. She's like, we need to be healthy. We need to be healthy. We need to be healthy. And that's just one thing. Cause I've struggled with like my, you know, with similar issues that, sh- that she had just with my whole like body image. I'm like, I need to be more like that. And just one thing that really kind of like tr- I think like really hurt her was people are always bashing her on her, too, on being too skinny.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really a powerful moment, too, because obviously we've talked about that a little on our podcast, Mm -hmm. just like and like I was thinking about it, too, because I have always looked at the 1989 Taylor and just thought she was so gorgeous. Me, too. And I've like I've always been like, man, I wish I had that body. And like I think it was interesting watching her talk about having to change Mm her um, mental like just loops she goes through. And, like, we have to do that, too, because we're looking at this woman who is clearly struggling with health and thinking, like, oh, man, that body, like, that's what we want. Because that, as a culture, is what we're trained to think is possible and that we should have and, like, blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, that is an unhealthy image. And, like, I think it's true that we all have to rewire our brains. And, like, I can't, like, hold on to these photos as, like, oh, dream vision board, like, my future body because it's, like, Mm -hmm. maybe that's not healthy for any of us right now you know and it's like I really admired her sharing that especially when she's very private that that Mm -hmm. that's like something she was willing to talk about and like she does mention in that same clip like looking at a photo of her coming out of her New York apartment the day before and being like if I'd seen this I would have just been triggered like it looks like I'm pregnant like I just feel so fat here and it was just like man because I remember talking about those photos with you and being like, she looks so good.
1: Like, oh, yeah. I can't
0: believe it. Like, I love this outfit. And it's just, like, crazy the loops our minds go through as women especially is just, yeah. like, this self-hatred well, and stuff. You,
1: you're you always, like, we need, like, you're, like, looking for editing photos for us and you're, like, we need more photos, Ashley. Like, I need more photos of you. <laughs> I'm at that point right now, where, like, in the past two years, I've gone up, like, two sizes. And, like, I've been trying to, like, stay health- healthy and keep my mind at, like, a good a good place, like it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. But like, I see photos of myself. Someone commented, "I'm gonna get a little sorry." Oh, someone commented on a photo of me on Facebook, just a sweet old lady, and yeah. she had said, "Are you pregnant?" Yeah. And I wasn't, and that really triggered me. It was just, and even right now, like it's a year ago. Right now, I'm thinking about it, yeah. but like, I shouldn't let that get to me. No. You know, so no, it's tough. I like started crying during like a little bit like teary eyed during the show because she mentions like, you know, going to a size six and that's what I am right now. And that's not big at all. But like in my mind, I'm trying to be like, I need to be back to the size two, back to size zero. I can't fit into my pants, like, but it's okay. I'm healthy. It's good. So oh, girl, I love ooh. you. <laughs> thank you. You're like, gorgeous. Thank you. I just need to be like more confident. So, we're going to take more photos. I'm going to love my body. I'm- <laughs> we're not thinking that way anymore, you guys. We're not thinking that any- way Yes. Anymore. Which, like, ironically enough, one of the comedian, Nikki Glaser, who she's, she has yes. a, a clip saying, she's talking to someone, she's like, she's too good talking about Taylor. She's too skinny. It bothers me. All of her models are friends. Oh, it's like, come on. Yeah. And so, she she posted a photo yet yesterday with a photo of her in red, and she was like, unfortunately, I'm featuring this this. Documentary, and she was like, anyone who knows me, you know, she's obnoxiously obsessed with Taylor Swift, her music, her career, and when she heard that, she just, she just was horrified. You know, it was from five years ago. She said in a shitty tone, and she said, she said, this quote should be used as an example of projection in Psych One Hundred and One book. If you're familiar with your with her work, she's openly battles an eating disorder for the past seventeen years, and she was probably feeling found that day and was jealous. And it's just, you know, she, she she needs to apologize, you know, to someone who means so much to her. She, you know, she's gotten a couple death threats from Swifties, you know, which, you know, she's a huge Swifty and she's, you know, she's just, she wants Taylor to know that, you know, how much she means to her. And then Taylor responded and said, wow, I appreciate this so much. And one of the major themes about this doc is that we have the ability to change our opinions over time to grow, to learn about ourselves. I'm so hard, sorry to hear you've been struggling with some the same things I've been struggling with sending a massive hug mm. so you know it's just I know <sighs> it's I loved just, that me
0: too I was like Taylor was a nice <laughs> moment because again it, it is like such a documentary about growth and like I think it's very very easy to look at celebrities with a very jaded perspective and just mock them deride them like mm-hmm. poke fun roll our eyes at their problems but like it takes a lot of balls to be a public figure and to be vulnerable exactly Mm -hmm. because of that criticism. And so I think this documentary does a good job of not playing the victim, but just showing like, yeah, I recognize my flaws just as much as you guys do. And I'm like trying to work through it. And so like, Mm -hmm. please give me a little grace as I do that. And I think um, obviously you see that a lot with the Taylor Swift is over party where, um, you know, that was, that was, This is tough. Like, she talks about this in this and, like, saying, you know how many people have to be tweeting that they hate you for that to go number one worldwide. Mm -hmm. And there's a clip of her crying, talking to her mom about how hard it is to, like, shut down that, like, negative energy sometimes. She talks about how she's jumping through hoops constantly. Like, she can't win. If she says something, she's calculated. If she doesn't say anything, she's privileged or whatever. And I think it's just like that mind game of being outed of the one thing that gave you validation was truly like Mm life-changing for her and it didn't Mm -hmm. start out great no Uh, because obviously that was the time that she met joe and she decided to to sort of just run away and have this very private normal life with him
1: oh and the part with joe yeah we got a little bit of joe what did you think it wasn't enough but i understand (laughs) i completely understand why you know like she she begins it with being Talking about Joe that they've decided they want to be private. But just the little bit that they showed us, like them hugging after the show. Um Aww. her singing to him. I, I I don't forget what song it was. Was it Gorgeous? Call it what you want. Call it what you want. And then she mouths, I love you. And then she points her her toe at him when she's like singing about him. Oh. No. It That's was just celebrity like celebrity name. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Toe. No. <laughs> Like it was just really sweet to she gave us a little bit. She knew her fans wanted just a little bit. Yeah. And she gave
0: us just that. Yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed, but then I was like, you know what? I don't need to watch Joe like talk about how much he loves this girl. Like Mm -mm. we obviously like know he's the luckiest man on earth, you know? Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad that he was he's highlighted and I'm glad that he was he was that, you know. He was there at that time and she was able to learn that lesson and like really start over from a, a, you know, a new page. And she had said he has had a healthy balance and she needed that.
0: Yeah. And she said it was happiness without anyone
1: else's input, Mm -hmm. which I think is a
0: very powerful thing, especially for her who's just admitted she needed the input constantly to feel happy. Mm -hmm. And so it clearly shows like this change. And whether that was perfectly ironed out or not, like obviously she still was sad when reputation wasn't nominated or she still got bummed when certain things were happening, but she was in a much better headspace to come at it. And I think that's what led to her being able to appreciate the moment um, to stand up and have that like political voice. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the next turn in the documentary is her talking about the sexual assault trial and how much that like, traumatized her even though yeah. it was there was a photo there were seven witnesses mm. and yet she was still dehumanized and made the f- demoralized on the stand and it's like that was a big eye-opening moment for her and i think that's always powerful to talk about
1: yeah and definitely like even when she like she was still being in that time like when she when they called when he, she called out the guy she she did it privately she didn't do it publicly She contacted his employer and they fired him. She didn't put it on the news. She didn't come out with it. But he was one who like, he thought that, you know, like, oh, it's my word against her word. You know, there's not enough evidence. I'm going to show this little girl, you know, put her in her place. Yeah. And it's just uh, gross. She was saying she didn't sense any, she didn't like even winning. She didn't sense any victory because Mm -hmm. the process was so dehumanizing. It was like people like, well, why didn't you scream? Why didn't you say something then? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? And it was like, you're not going to understand because you weren't in the situation. And it was like all these men telling this to her. Yes, I loved that. I mean, that was
0: a big moment in like in the general public's perspective on Taylor too. Like I remember when that trial was happening and people were finally like, wow, look at Taylor Swift. She's so well-spoken. I'm like, guys, get over yourselves. Like Mm -mm. she's been this way forever. but you guys are just respecting her now, but that's great. More power to you. Happy that you see what we see. But I I think it was like, it was really beautifully done in this documentary where it was just like, she just frankly admitted that she'd never had to think about it before, but being put in that spot where she had the perfect case you would ever want to go to trial for sexual assault. And she had to think about everyone else who never stood a chance. And I think, having that paired with her speech during the clean um moment on tour was really beautiful and then obviously she was this was gearing out to like being more involved politically because she just like realized like it was a huge wake up call she's like i have the power to like speak on behalf of people who haven't found their voice yet and like i have to stand up for what's right like i have to be on the right side of history
1: yeah and she was like she couldn't stop thinking about it she was like when I have the opportunity to change it, I'm going to change it. And she's really, it's, I'm very impressed with what she's doing. I'm so sad she had to go through that. Um, it kind of broke my heart when mama Swift was like giving her a hug and she was like, yeah. you've been, you've been like, you know, handed such like a, a bad hand. And she was like, but mom, I'm okay. I'm good. And it yeah. just like, broke my heart. Like, oh, no. so like just, you know, just to see your child go through that. It's just, it's really sad. And it's, I'm so glad she has, you know, it, it just it also, like, rings more true to soon you'll get better. Ugh. I listened to on the way home, uh. last, I am bald. But oh, no. um, but I've just been crying lately. But, but, <laughs> but like, it's just, I really like her political awakening. And, like, this led to not only standing up for women's rights, but for gay rights and for just overall human rights.
0: Yeah, she sort of focused on um, the Tennessee election. Like that was a lot of the footage was her reacting to um, the Republicans' candidacy and her political beliefs and just feeling like this cannot represent my my hometown, like the place where I was raised predominantly. And so then you get this very powerful moment where she's Mm -hmm. arguing with her dad, which is interesting because this was a moment where Lena wasn't on hand. Oh, she had been telling everyone like, hey, if anything interesting happens and we're not there, like just pull out your phone, pull out a camera and record it and we'll see what we can do with that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so it was just one of Taylor's team who had a camera on hand and just started filming it. And so you have this very, very like raw argument between her dad and a couple other unnamed business people who were trying to tell her not to do that political Instagram post and Taylor was crying with her mom being like, I have to do this. I have to be on the right side of history. Like, I don't What did you think of that? Like, I just, it was such an interesting insight.
1: So I just watched it again because like when you am seeing it in theaters, you kind of don't like, you know that there's an English guy talking and you know that there's an American guy and she says dad and you're like, okay, like there's three, there's obviously three guys because you see her dad and two other guys. So you don't really know who's talking all at once, especially the first time. So you're taking it all, all in. And so I watched it today and I watched it with subtitles. And so you could see man in parentheses when other people are talking and then Scott, her dad. Mm -hmm. And it kind of made me look at the whole situation a little bit differently from his point of view, not from her team's point of view, because her team, those guys were arguing being like for the past 12 years, we haven't gotten involved, you know, Bob Hope, Mick Jagger. They haven't (laughs) put any of their, you know, their political or religious views out there. And you kind of roll your eyes because, yeah, they're white men. (laughs) <laughs> uh, why do they need to? And then you can see how her dad says, he's like, he says, he's like, I totally agree on the issue. He's like, I am terrified it, terrified about it from a security front. And he was like, what happens when they say you don't support Trump? And then she's like, I don't care. I don't care. And then he's just like, he's like, bottom line is I'm terrified right now. He's like, I'm the guy who went out and bought the armored cars because that's how scared I am. And so like seeing it from that point of view and you know he's probably like, he totally supports on what she's doing, but he's so scared, and for her to be in that that position of getting death threats. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, he kisses her on the head, and he's like, "Okay, you do what you got to do." So it kind of made me think of Scott in a different, less bigot bigotry, and saw, like <laughs> right, a, a less way of that. It's like, oh, he's so scared for her safety. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I was afraid that he was be- going to be painted as this bad guy because of that.
0: You know, she had talked about in the Variety article too that her dad wasn't so concerned with the politics of it and more concerned with yeah that like security aspect of stalkers yeah. and haters and all that but it was definitely interesting to have all those guys telling this woman oh. like how to how to handle her career and one of them was like what if i told you that i had an idea that oh. cut your cut your attendance in half would you do it and it's like ew like i don't know who he is i don't know what his hand is but that also adds to like the grossness level it's like this is a woman Who has made her career what it is on her own. Like, you don't get to go in and tell her that you're worried about the money that will be leaving your pocket. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I was just so proud of her. And she was like, she's a strong, confident woman. And she's saying, no, this is a woman who is voting against the Women, the Violence Against Women Act, who like, you know, like won't protect women from stalking. And she's like, stalking. She's like, this is directly affecting me. And she's like, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to stand up for other women. Like. This is inhumane. And it's just kind of like, I'm so proud of her because you you know that there are a lot of, like, you don't want to see someone in her situation just sandpick. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think at the beginning of her career and to her mid-career too, that's what she's been doing is just kind of smiling and nodding because she said her old, yes. um, she said, like, as a country artist, you don't talk about your religion. You don't talk about your political views. You don't, you don't, you don't. You're just, like, that's ingrained in you because you don't want people to feel uncomfortable with, like, how you feel. And that directly ties to Big Machine. Big Machine is such a big, like, they just roll out all those country stars. Mm -hmm. And I think her moving to UMG is the best decision she could have made. Yeah. Well, and she,
0: I mean, she starts out that argument being, like, please just read it. Like, can you read it? Like, just understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. And then at the end, she's like, you know what? I, I just need you to forgive me because I'm going to do this. And it's like. Yeah. It's such a power move and I also love that there seems to be like a weight off her shoulder once she does that because Mm -hmm. she goes from being so worried about it like and then there's that fun clip of her and tree Uh, painting deciding to post it and just being like cheers to the resistance and like (laughs) and then she just like when Trump makes a comment about her she jokes about it and she's just so excited to finally have the muzzle off as she says and Mm -hmm. I think that was such a powerful part in the documentary like it was less about like hey, look at me. I'm such an ally. Like, give me applause. It's more like, man, I feel so free having found my voice and having decided to do this. Like, I just, there's nothing better that I've done. And I think that was just the icing on the cake for me is just seeing her so
1: excited by it. Um, How did you feel when they, I mean, like she had said, I really hope it actually does something, you know, when she posted it and talking to her people about it. And okay. then how how do you feel when she found out about the results and she was on the plane? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: girl, I felt that. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I think that is just like life right now is just a series
1: yeah. of disappointments, unfortunate <laughs> events.
0: Yeah, but you know what? She she also saw that as like an opportunity to like use her little power to write these pop ditties and inspire people to like keep trying because she saw like wow, like look at all these voters, like the youngest voters went out and voted for the first time and like and so she decides to instead of being sad and writing another like cynical miss americana she's like no i'm gonna write like an uplifting anthem to like motivate Mm -hmm. these kids who listen to me to like go out and try because like we're counting on them you know they're the ones who are gonna outlive these racist homophobes i
1: think (laughs) these millions of people millions like four million voters are going to come of age in the next few years. Yeah. One thing that, you know, looking back when we were talking about Miss Americana and Heartbreak Prince, she had said, and so I was thinking about a traditional American high school where there are these kind of social events that could make someone feel completely alienated. And I think a lot of people in our political landscape are just like, we need to huddle up under the bleachers and figure out a plan to make things better. And only the young is kind of that answer, the plan that those kids under the bleachers made. You know, they're just they're they're gonna run, they're gonna make things better. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the future. And it's kind of I like how hand in hand those two songs go. And of course, they saw it, because it is called Miss Americana. and then it ends with only the young. I it just yeah. it's very poetic.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's another part of the documentary that she focused a lot on is the songwriting process. So we saw almost the entire creation of Only the Young. We also saw a lot of her working on Me. <laughs> which we have oh, to talk I, I kept about. on thinking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and The Man also. And so all the songs were produced by Joel Little. We also saw a little bit of Jack Antonoff with um, getaway car footage from Reputation. But it was mostly the Lana stuff came from Joel Little experiences. And I guess like pivoting <laughs> away from the um, sort of, chronological storyline of the documentary yeah what did you think of this like all the songwriting stuff and lena talked about it like oh she'd never allowed anyone in this process before like it was so interesting to watch Uh, her work and i was like well i mean yeah she'd never let anyone else record her but she for the last two albums has shown a lot of her behind the scenes like making up stuff so
1: what did you and it started in 19 it started in 1989 too with like the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. memos Um. I, I thought that, you know, we're just so used to it, but the general public, they, they aren't even Lance. He had said that he, the only video he watched of the making of was Christmas tree farm, mm. which shocked me because I'm always watching <laughs> videos. And so, you know, my, my husband, my, my, my other friends are it gets, And even other articles, they were just like really, um, wowed yeah. by the process she goes into how hands-on she is with her, her writing. I think that's something she really wanted documentary people even up until like even this album people are like no no like that's just the narrative Mm -hmm. Taylor just produces all these pop these pop um albums it's it's more of a machine it's 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 a machine that pops it out based on what people like it's not really her maybe she has an idea or two so this I I really liked how she put that in there because Swifties know yeah we're Swifties we know (laughs) yeah the general public no, they don't like, know the locals. Yeah,
0: it's annoying that this is something she's been saying for years, but it takes physical footage for people to finally believe her. But, um, yeah, it was definitely fun for, um, to see like her brain work so fast writing the man. She comes up with like an entire verse for only the young in like a 20 minute session. <laughs> so it's like pretty cool to watch it in real time. I Mm -hmm. was sort of interested in the me angle of it all because me is sort of positioned as the song she writes in response to her letdown with Reputation. Grammy, yeah. And she also talks about it throughout. Like, it's the one that's featured throughout as, like, she says at one point, like, oh, I just, I love the idea of, like, little girls singing I'm the only one of me. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: you see, like, Brendon Urie come in. We all know I do not love me. And I was, like... I was thinking about this. I felt a little bad, right? Like, clearly this was, like, Mm -hmm. a cleansing balm for her, and I just hated it. I think it was interesting, though, because watching the documentary, I like the lyrics a lot more than I like the production. I think the thing that ruined it for me was the cheese factor of, like, everything Joel Little did with, like, the marching band and the, like, cacophony of cheery, chipper music. Because I think mm-hmm. it could have worked better if it was just her a little bit less like cotton candy and maybe without
1: Brendan Yuri. But I don't Ooh. know. I mean I just like with the piano? Did you like yes? Did you like the piano how she said it kinda of sounds sad? Did you would you have preferred it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean it well, I didn't need it to sound sad, but I just think they could have taken it in a much different direction. And yeah. this is something yeah. I noticed in all of his work is Joel Little is a yes man like I don't think he has a single real opinion around her I think he said yes to everything what Taylor's people think (laughs) it was just like Mm -hmm. I didn't trust him as a producer it just seemed like he was like oh yeah wow yeah that's yes yes and I was just like Joel like I don't know I just wasn't as into him yeah but I also just was like I was thinking about me and I was like man Having her so invested in this song, I would have loved more footage of her when she realized no one liked it. Oh. I think that could have proven a point either way when she's like, oh, I've realized I don't need validation. Yeah. Is if this yeah. one thing she turned out was like so damaging to her, I would have loved that human moment. Or if she was like, yeah, I still love it. I would have loved to see that like proving her. Yes. Her word there. And it's interesting that they left all that out. Like, I think that was one thing that was missing for me. If you're going to talk about me, then you have to talk about the, the like resistance towards it.
1: I think that's, yeah. I really think that would have been a great pivotal moment in there. Just kind of like, because you see how much she cares at the Grammys. And then it'd be great for her to be like, I still like it. Yeah. Take <laughs> out this one part because I don't care about that one part, but I still like it. Yeah. I think it's like hard, right? Because I'm a huge yeah.
0: Swiftie, and I feel bad. That she clearly was saddened, probably, by this reaction. Yeah. I think that would have been a very interesting part of the story. And I wonder how she did react. And I think that is my one criticism, I guess, of the documentary. I feel like, for whatever reason, the style or personal choices, where I was like, I was left wanting more. Like, even the beginning where Taylor's talking, she, like, goes into her team. She's like, hey, we're going to have 15 to 16 songs on here. At the beginning, she's talking to Joel about how she has to plan her life two years ahead because of tour and stuff. I want to mm. see the moment where she decided, guys, I'm not going on tour this time. Yeah. I wanted to see her take ownership of her of her life in a way where she decided not to live by that two-year plan anymore. And instead, we didn't really get that footage. We just got, like, I don't know, little glimpses, um, but none of these, like, power moves that I kind of expected to see so I don't know I guess that like was- more of
1: the power moves of her talking and sitting talking about her politics with her team you wanted more I yeah, wanted those. more action shots I guess yeah. of like
0: her yeah. behind the scenes stuff because that's so interesting to me like as a huge fan we've seen a lot of this we know how she works in the studio we know how emotional the 2009 VMAs were how emotional the 2016 was but I wanted to see more of like hey I'm working this room This is what the cover is going to look like. Hey, I really want to work with this artist. Like, let's make this happen. Actually, I'm not going to go on tour. We'll do this opening. Like, this is why. Give me
1: all that, like, nitty gritty details. Mm -hmm. Um, But you wanted the man to come up. You wanted her (laughs) to be the man. You wanted to see literally the man. Exactly. Yeah. But that
0: being said, I think, like, walking away from the documentary, I realized it wasn't necessarily for us like super fans i think she was trying to prove a point to the masses and i think it definitely worked
1: oh yeah 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 yeah, definitely and i like that point that you said it wasn't for the swifties it was for the general public puts a lot of into perspective like what we got what we didn't get yeah but overall would you see it again (laughs) i'm
0: sure i'll watch it
1: again like that's (laughs) the thing is
0: even watching it i i I was just like emotional the whole time because i just love watching first of all, people living their dreams. Like I think it's just amazing that this young girl was able to finesse this this entire career out of her love of songwriting. And I, mm-hmm. I love that she owned up to the fact that if she didn't write her own songs, she would not be doing this. And like Oh, for sure. And I also love, love, love when women find their voice and like I will never ever think it's too little too late for a woman to sit there and recognize the misogyny ingrained in her own perspective Mm -hmm. so that moment of her talking to the director being like going on a soapbox spiel about like the misogyny in her own mind and then saying sorry and then realizing like wait why did I just say Mm -hmm. sorry we're sitting in my house that I bought Mm -hmm. with the money I made from writing about my life amen and I think that was like I just want to like fist pump and like stand up and give a cheer because it's like <laughs> those moments are so valuable to women, to girls, to people watching because it's like we have no idea how much the patriarchy, the misogyny, double standards, like the idea of a good girl are influencing us until people start to talk about it. And I think yeah. that is so powerful. I do too. And
1: it just it just I love to see her growth and like that pitchfork said like she hasn't grown up. It's like She obviously has, and who's to say when that she when she needed to grow up? I'm 33, and I'm yeah, I'm like kind of getting a voice for politics. (laughs) You know, I have thoughts, but I'm kind of starting to speak them. So you know, yeah, it's not too little, too late. Exactly, and I it just
0: reminded me. Speaking of the me, she was singing original lyrics from the first thing Mm -hmm. in her when she was writing me, and one of the lyrics was, "I know I said some bullshit on the phone." Which I thought was such a good line, and I'm mad at her for it. cutting it. Oh my <laughs> I God. think that is just like again another detail where she owns up to something, and she does it in a clever way where she's like, "Yeah, I'm not perfect, but you
1: know what? I still love me," yeah. and I think
0: that's a very good message to send to people. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's just I'll I'll probably watch <laughs> it again in my theater room later. Yeah.
0: Or yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot of delightful little mm-hmm. little breadcrumb
1: moments like um her her cat oh my gosh her cat um eating on the yeah. table I <laughs> yeah. my friend next to me was like ooh, but I was like if and <laughs> so eat on the table I would let them they're just too big yeah. her cat in the backpack <laughs> love it just I love her oh my gosh the opening with Benjamin Buttons walking yes. and bless Meredith we got one footage of <laughs> Meredith yeah <One. laughs> she was Only there for one. an
0: important moment though she
1: she was the Grammys yeah (laughs) Yeah. and I think it was just like
0: it was a very humanizing film like just like these dumb little things like her admitting she'd never had a burrito until she was 22 like who does that but it's just like interesting
1: stuff and like oh I think she had a burrito she said two years ago oh yeah that's right yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and I think
0: like who introduced her to burritos I want to know
1: I think it came a lot with probably because she wouldn't want to let herself eat burritos because they're yeah. – did you have yeah. that one clip where she's asked for Taco Bell? Her mom says no. So it's oh, like – no. <laughs> so she's probably always wanted a, a taco yeah. or a burrito. But I think that like just that alone with her like e- eating a burrito and saying two years ago she wouldn't have ate it. It's like you can – even yeah. eating a burrito it shows how far she's come to love herself. Yes. Yeah, with a chip in it like taylor go get a cheesy gordita crunch or a crunch wrap supreme from taco bell there's lots of joy to be hot yes yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i liked it overall i think it was a good it was a great film and it was different than i expected um both in good ways and i guess like i mean i don't want to say disappointing but like yeah i i kind of wanted a little bit more but I think all in all, she did a good job of doing what she wanted to do, which is showing exactly what she wanted to show in a way that still felt authentic.
1: Yeah. We didn't deserve any of it, but she gave it to (laughs) us.
0: Exactly. (laughs) So I'm glad, too, that the general public recognizes that. And it's not like, oh, why didn't you show me like weeping and wailing and gnashing (laughs) of teeth? Like, this isn't real until I see you in pain. It's like, they were like, oh, you know what? I guess we can leave her a little bit alone, you yeah, know? <laughs> I'm
1: glad that we all came to that census. It's great.
0: Yeah. It's great. But also, I just have to say, like, what Swifties who are now, because I've seen a lot of people going through, because they show a lot of the Taylor Swift is over tweets, but they blur out the, like, usernames. Oh, no. But Swifties have still gone no. and through, like, search functions, found out who tweeted uh, what, and are now harassing these people four years later. It's like that is not the point she was making. Like, that's come on. Guys, like, just that's the tea of the week, <laughs> yeah. And like, even Nikki Glazer, who's like, Yeah, I've gotten some Swifties telling me to go kill myself. Like, no, that's embarrassing for Taylor. Like, she does not want her fans to be these, say yeah. these like, no. very aggressive, like, bullies,
1: you know? Come on, Swifties, we just, can do better, yeah.
0: <laughs> just rewatch, like. Taylor Swift and her cat gifts and let go and move on, you know, because Taylor Swift clearly has.
1: That, that we weren't gonna do a T segment, but that's the T segment. I, I think know. right? Yeah, it,
0: it always there just happens to be T. Yeah, you know,
1: with Taylor comes a T. Um, yeah, but I really enjoy talking about Miss Americana. I could probably continue going on and on yeah. and on. But you guys, just thank you so much for listening and let us know what you guys think of Miss Samaritana. You can email us at switchespodcast at gmail.com.
0: Or DM us. Yeah, we're at SwiftishPod13 on Twitter and at Podcasts on Instagram. So fun times mm-hmm. all around. And definitely feel free to leave us a review. It's a great way for other Swifties to find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Scroll all the way down and leave us five stars. Tell us what you think.
1: Yeah, we want to know. Um, but until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor. All hail Miss Americana. I didn't know what I was going to say until then. Cheers to the resistance. Oh, that's (laughs) even better.